This is the Go Blue Crew. Oh, Derek, it was a fantastic day. If you are a fan of the Michigan Wolverines and also not a fan of the Ole Miss Rebels because you know who is coming to Ann Arbor, it's going to be a good time. Hey, Shea Patterson is is coming to Michigan. Uh, I think we all kind of expected that for some of the things we saw over the weekend. Uh, solidified it, sending out a message himself. Uh, fans are excited. I'm excited. I know you're you're ecstatic as well. And and hopefully this means nothing but absolutely positive things for for Michigan as a football program, and then obviously for uh, for this kid's opportunity to play some big time college football. You know, when I was on Twitter, um, gosh, would it have been Sunday sometime? I saw this video. Perhaps you've seen it as well. Saturdays are who? For the boys. Oh, my. I about pulled my support from the Shea Patterson train because I did not. I just ah, I can't get into that. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on it now again. So I am excited. I think this is something that's going to benefit Michigan, even if, uh, Patterson doesn't end up being the guy whenever he's eligible. So you saw Joe Milton tweet out today something like, um, my mama taught me to never back down from a challenge or something along those lines. So, you know, he's uh, pretty much solidified his commitment there. It's just going to mean good things, I think. And that's something that Michigan didn't have at the quarterback position this last season outside of a couple games. So it's going to be fun stuff. Yeah, and I mean, even Paul Feinbaum seemed to say something positive, which coming out of his mouth is 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 unique. He said Jim Harbaugh poached one of the SEC's best quarterbacks in Shea Patterson, and 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 called the Wolverines a title contender in 2018. And so coming out of those are words out of his mouth, coming out of, of his mouth, that's that's impressive to to hear that from him first and foremost. But there are a lot of people that that agree with that. And then there are some people that are, that are on the, the Peters train. Uh, there's those that think Dylan McCaffrey's a sure thing starter are going to lead Michigan to a national championship, even after not seeing him in action. And so you've got a lot of different thoughts, but I think overall the, the overarching thought is this is a very positive thing. It brings competition and it's really kind of a no excuses for Jim Harbaugh. He has at least three quarterbacks in the room. Uh, you can add in some more, uh, like like Joe Milton, like you talked about. I mean, really, no excuses now because you have the talent. It's just a matter of can you develop, and we don't know who it's going to be who starts for Michigan come 2018. But it's going to be one of these guys, I'm guessing, and probably up between Shea Patterson and Brandon Peters. We'll talk about excuses here in a bit. I just want to run through Shea Patterson's numbers at Ole Miss. So the 2016 season, he did not start except for uh, the last few games, I believe. So, you know, 72 of 132, 880 yards, six touchdowns, three interceptions. That's a limited sample. And then in 2017, again, uh, not a very limited sample, but he was injured, didn't play the last few games. So 166 for 260, 2,259 yards, 17 touchdowns nine interceptions. Did you get a chance to watch him much or after all these rumors started swirling, did you go back and watch him at all? So I actually saw him play live just one time when he had, uh, when he played in one of those three games uh, as a freshman, Uh, which by the way, that's, that's, that's tough because you've played three games, which one is a small sample size for his freshman year, but also burns your red shirt at that point. And, and I think that that's obviously something that a lot of people 
uh, we'll look at. Uh, he's played those three games, which I think were a great sample size for a young quarterback. Uh, and then the only thing that maybe concerns me is the interception rate and, and the risks he takes. But in the film that, I, the, that I've seen him play, uh, in that one game, I remember him coming in as, as obviously a stud recruit. Uh, and then the highlights I've seen since then that multiple outlets have put up of him, usually the same plays. I've tried to, I tried to actually go back and watch a game so I could see maybe some of his mistakes too. But overall, I love the style of play. Uh, I think it is very different than Brandon Peters. I will say that. Uh, but from what I've seen and, and the numbers that we have in front of us, um, I like the looks of Shea Patterson. I think he could be a really, really special player. I think some of that hype is from the hype that he brought out of high school. Similar with Brandon Peters, this is a guy that that came out of high school looking so promising. And to have two of those guys on a roster is is really special. Obviously, Dylan McCaffrey, another one of those guys a year later. You've got to hope that with all of the good quarterbacks that come out of college football, those that go on and do even better things in the NFL, that one of these three guys, Joe Milton, uh, Doyle in there as well, one of these guys has to be a guy that that proves to be a, a pretty darn good quarterback, you would think, at least. So one thing that's going to be really interesting to watch going forward outside of the actual like, quarterback competition itself is whether Shea Patterson is granted immediate eligibility by the NCAA or whether he has to abide by regular transfer rules where he has to sit out a year and then he'll have his two years of eligibility after that. Ole Miss got hit with sanctions. Uh, I think the plan is to appeal that if that are, if that hasn't already happened. I haven't seen a timeline for this or even like a uh, a likelihood of it happening or not happening. Have you seen anything like that? I've seen some people look and sound pretty confident about it. Uh, but yeah, in terms of an exact timeline, I haven't read anything that says uh, this is when this will be decided or determined. As far as I know, his status for the 2018, 2018 season is very unclear. And and then I guess, I guess we'll see as we go forward. But yeah, that obviously changes the conversation uh, completely because if he's, if he's not available, uh, then, then you've got to look towards the, the year after that and maybe assuming a Brandon Peters starts this year. Then you've got even more of a competition, and now you're potentially benching a guy who, who could have a pretty outstanding season if, if Jim Harbaugh turns to a, a player like Shea Patterson in the future in terms of 2019. You know, it seems like these NCAA things – when it comes to like red shirts and things like that, it, it hits you out of the blue and it's like, oh, hey, it got announced and it went away, it went our way or it didn't go our way. I feel like there's, you never know it's coming and then it's like out of the blue, boom, it's here. So I'm imagining that's what it'll look like here with Shea Patterson. So you mentioned uh, you're a little concerned about the interception rate. He takes uh, perhaps a few more risks than you would like. Is there anything else about his game that you think uh, is going to hamper him at this point? So this is one thing that I, that I had a thought about um, before, before we started recording is when, when looking at comparisons, it seems like Brandon Peters was, was compared to Andrew Luck and Shea Patterson, maybe more compared to Johnny Manziel I've seen. And whether you want to take that in terms of a, a demeanor and an attitude approach, uh, or you want to take that in terms of style of play, I do think that Shea Patterson is, is different enough from Brandon Peters, where Brandon Peters looks like the prototype uh, Jim Harbaugh quarterback because of the offense that he's trying to implement in Michigan. And I would say that maybe a Shea Patterson is more of the 
the Colin Kaepernick that uh, starts playing over Alex Smith. And so I think that there'd be an adjustment not only for Shea Patterson to learn a new offense, uh, be around new teammates, and obviously this is assuming he he plays in 2018. He has less time to get acquainted than Brandon Peters has had now two years and some playing time. So that's a little bit concerning. Uh, And that style of play, will it mesh with what Harbaugh is trying to do? Uh, who knows, and what will Harbaugh do differently to to acclimate to a guy like Shea Patterson? My personal thought is is Shea Patterson, if he's going to be able to play, will be the starting quarterback. And I think that this is an opportunity for Jim Harbaugh to, one, prove that he can develop a quarterback, uh, and two, be willing to adjust what seems to be such a straightforward I'm going to I'm going to have this game plan. I'm going to stick to it and if it's not working, we're still going to throw for 40 times in the in the pouring rain monsoon. I think that this is an opportunity for him to to kind of change it up a little bit. Uh, maybe he, now he looks for a different offensive coordinator, someone who can adapt to maybe more of a, a spread type of pro offense. And so I, I will say that that's the most interesting aspect for me is is if he's eligible right away uh, with his different style of play. How will Jim Harbaugh and the rest of the Wolverines offense react to a new guy coming in? That would be such a great discussion. Unfortunately, I think it would have to take up an entire show by itself, you know, just talking about what an offense can look like with Shea Patterson at quarterback. When you consider that Jim Harbaugh and Tim Drevno are two of the most stubborn play callers that you can think of. So it'll, man, that I almost have night. Terrors just thinking about that. But uh, what I want to shift gears to is whether or not Jim Harbaugh has any more excuses left. After landing Shea Patterson, as Paul Feinbaum called him, one of the best SEC quarterbacks. And uh, full disclosure, got this idea from Sean Windsor in the Detroit Free Press who wrote about this. So we won't be specifically addressing this. I thought it was just a really interesting topic. He's saying Jim Harbaugh has no more excuses after adding Shea Patterson. And I just think, well, um, that's something that we're going to talk a lot about through this offseason, and especially if things don't go as well as we want them to next season. So let's just lay it all right th- out there right now. I mean, what what are you thinking about excuses going forward? No, I think that this was the last year for for maybe excuses, and I don't, I don't love the word excuses, uh, but – Harbaugh said himself they, they were not good enough this year to to win every game uh, and he needs to get better and Jim Harbaugh will say that until he wins every game and until he, he gets his national title I think it starts with uh, winning the Big Ten obviously uh, and, and then from there if you can win the Big Ten in, in a good Big Ten year you're more than likely going to get to uh, the college football playoff obviously we didn't see that um, this year but what I will say is is He's out of excuses and, and not out of time, but out of excuses and and out of time in terms of he's got to show us something in, in this next year that we either haven't seen before. Maybe it's less stubbornness like we talked about. And, you, and like you said, we could have a whole show about that. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's a guy like a Shea Patterson. Hey, I went out and I poached this guy like Feinbaum said. I, I took a really good quarterback. I put him back in that backup spot. And, and I ran with this guy and we did amazing things. Uh, maybe it's beating rivals, but this is the year where something has to change uh, in order for, for Jim Harbaugh to take the next step. And, and I think that it's not going to be a, a perfect season necessarily. I don't think he has to have a perfect season. And, and so I don't like the word excuses because 
I mean, injuries can happen. Uh, opponents can play out of their minds. Uh, players can make bad plays. I don't think that always falls on Jim Harbaugh. But, yeah, I agree for the most part with with what Windsor's saying in terms of now that you can go out and get a guy from the SEC like this, look at Ohio State who's had a quarterback go down against Michigan and Dwayne Haskins come in and ball out. Jim Harbaugh has to prove that he is a, a good enough coach to to be a Big Ten contender and be a national contender. And and looking at 2018, 2019, these are the seasons that uh, something big needs to happen. Did you see, I believe it was Clay Travis, bless his soul, Clay Travis, but I think it was him who tweeted out something like, oh, now Jim Harbaugh has the next quarterback who can lead Michigan to a, another fourth place finish in the Big Ten East. Did you see that? And was that him? Uh, I did not see that. I think hmm. I th- actually no, actually no. I think it, he did. He said something about like, "Oh, big time move to lock up another poor finisher, fourth place yeah. finisher." Yeah, he that was him. Yep, I did see okay. that earlier today. Okay, so and I'm imagining many other people are. Yeah, they probably saw that and recrafted it as their own, but it's out there definitely. My thought process on that is well. Michigan was the fourth best team in the Big Ten East last season. You you don't have a case against Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State. They were the fourth best team. Very clear cut. And this might be even a little off topic, but I'm just wondering, like, why are Michigan fans so enraged about that? You know, that people call out the fact that Michigan just doesn't, you know, they haven't finished well in the Big Ten East since Harbaugh's been there. Like, okay, that's just a fact. What, how, how are we going to argue about this and say, well, you're stupid. You obviously don't know what you're talking about. Maybe I'm missing something. I just thought it, it maybe went along with the whole running out of excuses thing. I might be stretching it. I was just, I got some feelings about it is all. Yeah, I think that it just really kind of stems out of frustration of something being resurfaced. Uh, maybe it's pain in people's lives like hey like I, I get it like not going to not not gonna get past the fact that Jim Harbaugh hasn't won the Big Ten and, and we don't want you to talk about it and maybe it's the fact that it's Clay Travis and people just don't like Clay Travis but yeah at the same time I, I think that people like to po- point it out first and foremost because they know it riles Michigan fans up because it seems easier to rile other than maybe Tennessee fans it seems next easiest to, to rile up Michigan fans. And so a guy like that that wants to rile up people on Twitter all the time knows what he's doing and is going to say that. So, But, yeah, when I look at that, it, yeah, you know what? Facts are facts. Michigan was not good enough to finish better than fourth on their side of the division, and that's just how the season went. And, and next year, like Jim Harbaugh said, they've got to get better, uh, and Michigan has to find a way to to overcome that and, and beat teams like Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan State. And until he does that, uh, people are going to be upset, and analysts and, and all people alike are going to be pointing out, hey, just so you know, Harbaugh still hasn't done anything. And I think that if he doesn't this next season, uh, after getting a quarterback like Shea Patterson, the narrative gets even worse because it's, now you had two guys that could have been studs, and now it's definitely your fault that they're not developing, and people will really come after him. So you've got to hope that they just can find some kind of new success this season to avoid some of that. All right, we can move closer back to the excuses thing. I agree with you, what you said earlier, that it's really not about excuses. And the reason I say that is because I don't see Jim Harbaugh making too many excuses. You know, you see some coaches 
who uh, the wind was was blowing sideways a couple miles an hour faster than we were anticipating, and it just goes on and on and on. I don't see Harbaugh doing that. I think the excuses thing is addressed more at fans who come up with anything and everything, of course, to justify their misery. And off the top of my head, I mean, I, I can't uh, pinpoint one that like really irked me the most but it just seems like it's so pervasive. And of course, Michigan fans are not unique in this way. If you're a fan of a team, it seems like especially college football, we're, we're so passionate. This kind of thing happens all the time. But I think the excuses thing is addressed more at, at fans who are trying to make this seem a little better than it has been. And in that respect, I think the notion of running out of uh, running out of excuses is, is absolutely dead on you return practically your whole team you get one of the sec's best quarterbacks if he's eligible to play this season if not you have a promising up-and-comer in brandon peters with a strong rotation behind him probably it's just yeah i i so i do agree that you know we have run out of excuses as fans as to why michigan just isn't finding a whole lot of success on the field yeah, and I mean, maybe Jim Harbaugh responds to a guy like a, a subtweet to to a Clay Travis because he obviously had the Mark D'Antonio tweet. Uh, but but yeah, I think that the excuses narrative is, is more for fans. I think these articles that we're reading are more for fans. That's why people are clicking on them. And it's almost like we make the excuses for Harbaugh. And, and, and that's just kind of how how college football especially works. I mean, it can be the same for for John Beeline is, hey, he always starts slow, but wait until March. Uh, he's going to find a way to turn it on. And then if it if March comes around and, and Beeline seems doesn't make the tournament somehow, then, then we probably find a way to make excuses then. And I think that's just how your team's not doing enough to make it to that playoff, a, a team that can be in the contention of a playoff. Again, I'll argue that Michigan should have never been considered as a playoff team this last season. Uh, but yeah, we'll make excuses saying, hey, quarterbacks went down or uh, we knew the offensive line would be terrible or, or guys were so young and, oh, we don't like the offensive coordinator anyway. Of course, our offense sucks. I mean, we make the excuses as the fans. We, we sometimes even do it on this podcast. But at the end of the day, 2018, whether it's you want excuses you want to talk about or Jim Harbaugh finally proving that he's gone out and gotten his guy or can turn a Brandon Peters into a stud, uh, 2018 is the year where Jim Harbaugh has to do something different than the year before. And winning the Big Ten, beating teams like Michigan State and Ohio State on the road, uh, is obviously a good start and, and a trending upwards for him in that matter. All right, I want to finish off with two questions that are fairly similar. First, do you think that the hype around this Shea Patterson transfer continues all offseason? Obviously, it's going to fade off a little bit, you know, because it just happened. But is it something that we're going to be really excited about still in March, for example? And then second, what's, what does your gut say? Like, how impactful is this transfer? When you strip away the raw emotion right now, just what kind of difference does it make? So you can answer, and then I'll, I'll also give my two cents. 
it's hard to pinpoint maybe March specifically. I mean, I think of a spring game and I, I think of seeing guys back on the field. I think of even a bowl game, uh, whether it's a good performance from Brandon Peters, maybe some controversy or maybe a poor performance. Like, yep, doesn't matter. Uh, by then, maybe we'll know if Shea Patterson's available. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Shea Patterson will be the quarterback. I think the excitement carries throughout the offseason for sure. I'm sure we'll talk about it another five, six, seven episodes between now and, and the first kickoff. Uh, so, I think that it's excitement and, and curiosity, maybe more is the better word. Uh, and, and impact to make, I think it's huge. I think that this is Jim Harbaugh uh, showing again that he's able to not only poach someone from the SEC uh, territory where a lot of people don't like Jim Harbaugh, uh, but do it so quickly, uh, do it so efficiently. And again, we're waiting on his status for 2018. But I think that this is huge. And, and I believe that this is a move. Uh, that will ultimately lead if Patterson's available to him being the starting quarterback. And and I think that we'll see kind of an offensive element change because of the idea that Patterson can use his wheels maybe better than someone uh, like Brandon Peters can. I think it opens up the offense. I think we stop seeing maybe Harbaugh save things like we've, we've sensed that he's done in the past because you've got a big game on the road once again this year against a team that will probably be better than Florida ended up being in Notre Dame. And I think that if it's a guy like Shea Patterson cut and dry, it's his opportunity to prove that he made the right choice in bringing him uh, to Ann Arbor. And then obviously the right choice in starting him. So I think that this is nothing but positive. Uh, And on the, on the flip side of Brandon Peters is the better player. Brandon Peters will start against Notre Dame. And and I trust that Harbaugh will play the best option at quarterback. So I'm just excited for, for the program and, and to see, uh, 2018 was already going to be exciting. This just adds another element that maybe some of us didn't even expect uh, five, six weeks ago. All right, so I'm thinking it's going to have a lot to do with if the NCAA comes out and says either he's eligible to play right away or he has to sit and wait a year like other transfers. If he's eligible to play, it's kind of easy for me to say that this excitement carries on through the off season because there's that curiosity, as you said, you know, is he going to be the starter? Is he going to, you know, did he transfer only to sit behind Brandon Peters? I mean, it, it'll just be a lot of anticipation. And then as for the impact, if he's able to, to play right away, Obviously, he's a better quarterback. I, that's kind of cliche to say, but I just I I'm so firmly believe that I'm not all in for Brandon Peters. I'm not all in for Shea Patterson. Like I'm all in for QB one. You know, whoever Harbaugh throws out there against Notre Dame, that's who I'm all in for. And at the very least, you know, he's he's another good body and a highly competitive. What we can assume to be a highly competitive quarterbacks race and hopefully that just only goes to benefit the team as a whole and they can pick up a couple more wins this coming season so with that we'll call it a wrap here on the go blue crew thanks for checking us out you can find us on facebook twitter and itunes at wolverine sounds and you can also go to wolverinesounds.com you can send your hate mail to me at ty underscore fenwick on twitter and then you can send the same hate mail or uh, more specific hate mail to Derek at Divine Identity. So thanks for listening and go blue. Go blue.